1: Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. ships Registry, Bahamas.
2: Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Chris Ballard held his yearly NFL Combine Presser on Wednesday, and it cleared the air on a variety of Indianapolis Colts topics. So what did Ballard say exactly on Wednesday? And what nuggets did he leave about the Colts' offseason plans? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by FanNation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore and as always I'm joined by my fellow analyst and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, we look forward to this every year because honestly this is the first time we've heard from anybody uh from the Colts organization since the season ended. And again, After the February uh, draft meetings commence for the Indianapolis Colts, Uh, this is when Ballard will give that presser. And again, it always leaves little nuggets and, and little bits of information that are useful as we get ready for free agency in the NFL draft.
3: Yeah. And, you know, there's obviously, you know, a lot of general managers, they, they do give you, you know, information they have to uh, because it's a media obligation. But Chris Ballard's very unique. He's he's more of kind of like the, you know, just a, a casual conversation. Type of guy, you know, almost like a guy who's not really going to hide a lot from, you Now, obviously there was one question where he was like, look, man, that's, that's a loaded question. And then he laughs it off. Like he's just very, very lighthearted with it all. But like you've written before, you really need to listen to what this guy is saying. He's not giving you fluff. Okay, he's giving it to you in a very light tone. He's not going to outright say we are going to select this player. The guy that we're going to select at number 15 right now is blah, 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 blah. He's not going to say that kind of stuff, but kind of like what he talked about with Michael Pittman. You know, he's going to give you an honest to God response or what he hopes will happen or what he doesn't want to happen, but will do if necessary. He's just very, very clear on stuff without being clear at all. And and you write these pieces, every single press conference that Ballard has is that those nuggets really do hold a lot of weight.
2: Exactly. So tonight we're going to really dive into the Chris Ballard press conference as night one of the on-field drills of the NFL Combine are underway. The defensive linemen, the linebackers are out there right now, but we're focusing in on the Colts and what Chris Ballard said. We're going to talk about the comments he made about Michael Pittman Jr. and his extension. Uh, We're going to talk about what he said about Anthony Richardson. And then finally, diving into uh, the nuggets that he left about the offseason and draft plans. The chat is already uh, going crazy here. Brandon Moses is actually in the chat uh, hey I mean he, we might have been late just by about a minute but Brandon at least at least we're here you never are here so Miss uh, that's Matt even is just happy that Brandon is actually showing up uh, what's up to you Sarah in the chat as well uh, good to see you Sarah says I'm all in on uh, Brandon Fisk for the second round pick that's Drake's train right there all about fist to the Colts. Oh, yeah. and he's been showing out at the combine Patrick not gonna why lie. I wasn't upset to, gl- to neglect my family to watch the defensive line at the combine <laughs> instead and chat with Andrew. Yeah. Patrick and I were, were, were chatting it up, uh, uh, watching the combine DSG good bar here as well. So as everyone uh, comes on in, be sure to follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle YouTube channel guys. We did it. We're over 2000. And just like how, when we got over a thousand subscribers, so said it was going to shave my head did it once we got over 2000 said it was going to finally start drinking on the uh, on the show with drake and listen we got a two turn tea in here we're we're two turn We're drinking on the chat uh, on the show. So uh, whenever there is a a super chat tonight, not only is is Drake going to be drinking, but I'll be drinking as well. Uh, So make sure you subscribe and hit that bell. So, you know, when Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night, and if you can't catch us on YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe, give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. So Drake, let's dive right into it, buddy, and talk about this Chris, Chris Ballard press conference at the NFL Combine, and and we knew the question was going to be coming about Michael Pittman Jr. You know, in fact, uh, I think it was one of the very first questions, if not the first question, that Chris Ballard was asked as is as where things were with contract negotiations about Michael Pittman Jr., because we're getting closer and closer to that date uh, where the franchise tag has to be applied or or it's lost for the season. By next Tuesday, March 5th, if the Colts are going to use the franchise tag, it's going to have to be used by then. And if it is, it's, it's pretty much likely going to be Michael Pittman Jr.
3: Yeah. And you mentioned it, too, is that these these negotiations typically go right up to the last second. You know, don't be surprised if if he gets signed, Um, you know, that long or that that uh, that new contract, if it's not on the third or the fourth, right up till the fifth. But like he said in a previous press conference. If it's needed and if it's necessary, they're absolutely going to use it. They're not going to let Michael Pittman Jr. fall to another team. This guy was literally, as we've said on this show multiple times, the entire passing offense. And we saw just how bad it can get without him. So uh, I, I think that without question, this is this is the only guy. We did a whole episode on this, right? But this is the only guy that is going to get the franchise tag because nobody else really financially makes sense to get it on the Colts. That is a an, an impending free agent right now.
2: Exactly. So Chris Ballard was flat out asked about Michael Pittman and the negotiations with a long-term contract. Guys, we've got the clips. So this is what he had to say.
0: That's what I tell you. We've had talks with his agent, who's really good. His agent's uh, been doing a long time. He's really good at what he does. Um, We'll work hard to get a deal done. It's a tool we have. Uh, I'm not going to say we're not going to use it, but I'm not going to say we are. Hopefully we can come to an agreement and find some compromise on a deal.
2: So when he talks like that, I mean, it it, 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 doesn't really, uh, seem like they're close on a deal or that, that, a, that, that, that a deal might not be reached. And Michael Pittman might actually reach free agency, but hold on Drake. There was another uh, after this press conference uh, that was in front of all the media. Chris Ballard always meets with the local indie media, and then courtesy of Jake Arthur, uh, our editor here at Horseshoe Huddle, uh, we got a little bit of video from that as well. And and uh, uh, James Boyd of the Athletic asked what type of 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 person Pittman is and how he's seen the growth. And then the good old vet Mike Chapel comes out with the question of the day and gets the best answer out of Ballard. This is what happened, guys.
0: Pitts always look I we have a really we have an interesting relationship and one that's really good, but it is no doubt honest. I mean blunt honest and which I like. Like anytime he comes to the to my office um, I don't know if I I can't remember if I told you i was like you'll come in and one day he came in I'm just I go what he goes i just checking in I said good come in you can come in then um, no I mean look he cares about winning he wants to win and when you're a good player part of that is you want the football like I would not I don't know if I want to be around a guy that doesn't want the ball I, that's okay just do it and it's okay to show your personality and it's okay to demand it you can do it there's a way to do it a right way to do it, but it's one of the things I I appreciate about Pitt. The one thing you never have to worry about with that guy is he empties the tank. He absolutely empties the tank.
2: Chris, with, with
0: Pitt again, whether it's going to be the tag or whether it's going to be a long-term deal, in your head, will he be here in September? Yes. One way or the other. Yeah.
2: Well, there you have it, Drake. Will he be here in September, whether it's on the tag or or with a long-term extension? The answer is yes. So the Colts aren't going to let Michael Pittman Jr. even touch free agency. Uh, if a long-term deal can't be reached by March 5th, they're going to place the franchise tag on him and continue to work toward a long-term deal. But rest assured, guys, what Drake and I were saying all offseason, Michael Pittman's not even touching free agency. He's going to be a Colt next year and probably for years to come.
3: Yeah, look, you know, we're writers. We we get, you know, the the importance and the value of a of a nice headline. Um, but you even saw Pro Football Focus saying, can you imagine Michael Pittman Jr. in the Kansas City Chiefs offense? It's like, you know, it, it, was, it was nice for people to get their views talking about potentially Pittman going to respective teams. But when you look at the body of work, when you look at how much this guy has been targeted, when you look at just how well he's played with no consistency at coach, Play caller or quarterback, you cannot possibly let this guy go anywhere now. When you have Anthony freaking Richardson, who could potentially make him even better, given his own dynamic skill sets and Shane Steichen's ability to call plays, and someone else that they pick up in the draft at receiver or or sign, you know, as a receiver. So, um, you know, credit to Mike Chapel, he's just the goat. It just further proves that he's one of the best in local media. I, I would even argue in the entire NFL of any team. Um, And and he pried out, you know, just a perfect response from Chris Ballard, which is just simply yes. And then another yes. So uh, fully expect Colts fans for Michael Pittman Jr. to continue to wear number 11 in blue. And he should absolutely be here in September to continue to catch passes and be that number one guy.
2: And there's a reason for that. And and uh, Kurt, you make a great comment here. Kurt says, "Is Pittman Jr. truly replaceable on the Colts? I really don't think so. He is a crucial part in the Colts' offense right now, and and I would agree 100. You know, when you're looking at the landscape of the Colts' offense right now, and and who they have in that wide receiver room, there really isn't anybody that can replicate what Michael Pittman Jr. does. You know, he is that that go-to wide receiver." the wide receiver one on that team, you need a a tough third and seven, third and eight, you know, the ball is going to Michael Pittman Jr. He's that possession type receiver. And, and especially when, when this entire off season is going to continue to be all about Anthony Richardson, making sure he gets through his rehab and then surrounding him with talent, uh, all across the offense. I mean by by letting Michael Pittman Jr go that's doing a disservice to your young quarterback. Uh I would have, I mean like I said I uh, in in episodes past I fully expect Michael Pittman Jr to get a 3 to 4 year deal probably around 3 years so he can hit the market again before he turns 30 try to cash in on a, on another big time deal for on an average annual value of 23 23 and a half million dollars or 23.3 million dollars somewhere around there. You know uh, uh just just, just To it would put him in the top 10 of wide receivers. If I'm the Colts, I want to get this deal done sooner rather than later because you have the impending deals of. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Brandon Ayuk, uh, CD Lamb. Those guys are going to make the the, the wide receiver my market skyrocket, Drake. So when you talk about wanting to get that deal done, you can say, you know, Pitt, we we think you, we, we appreciate you. We feel like you are a top 10 wide receiver in the league. And we're going to pay you like it. So you can do that now rather than wait for the market to go up. And then Pittman is asking you for even more money or Pittman goes out there with a healthy Anthony Richardson has another career year and, and then the price of him goes up as well. So if the Colts don't get it done, I mean, you're playing with fire here. So, so I I think that, that whether it happens in the next few days, I don't know. I would say probably not. Uh, I would assume the franchise tag gets put on Michael Pittman, but I would also say that before training camp or before the season starts, at least uh, the the Colts and Pittman are going to agree on a long-term deal. And, and we won't have to worry about this dragging into the season.
3: Yeah, and if that happens the way that you just laid out, he will make all of that money on the franchise tag, guaranteed. But, but that's more than okay, given that they have the fifth most cap space in the entire NFL. They're like around seventy three milli right now. That's a crap ton of money, and this is a massive part of your offense. I love what uh, I mean. Heck, me and me and Curtis were actually just texting before the before the show. I love what he said because everyone I've seen people, you know. Most people, I guess I shouldn't say everyone, most people are on board with Michael Pittman Jr. being a wide receiver one at this point, okay? Given especially what he did last season. But then I'm seeing like people go, well, what about Josh Downs? You know, he he, he had a great rookie year. Look, man, Michael Pittman got targeted almost 10 times a game, all right? right? That, without question, I promise you helped Josh Downs. Not to take anything away from Josh Downs, but if, let's just say that you've got him and, and, and Alec Pierce, let's hypothetically say Michael Pittman you know, tweak something and he's out for, you know, 10 to 12 games in 2023. OK, I just do not think that Josh Downs has 68 catches at the end of the season and breaks the Indy era uh, rookie record for catches in a season. He just probably isn't going to do that. So outside of him and outside of Pittman, boy, oh, boy, is it a steep fall off. It's guys like Pierce who haven't really played that great up till yet. Um, Then you got Ashton Doolin, who's recovering from an ACL tear, I believe. And, and then it's just even a a farther, you know, fall off. So I, I think that this is just crucial because then those guys that you, if you do sign, or if you do draft a wide receiver, it makes them even better. And it makes their transition into this Colts offense that much smoother with Michael Pittman there to help.
2: Well, we saw what the offense looked like without Michael Pittman Jr. Oh, uh, and and it was atrocious. You know, man, there was there was man. no top wide receiver. That's what he means to this offense, and it's going to be especially crucial for when Anthony Richardson returns. You know, right. and, and we t- Chris Ballard also talked about Anthony Richardson, Drake. You know, we we've seen that he's throwing the football. Obviously, that video that went viral on social media of him throwing the football again. Uh, obviously, he is throwing, working through his rehab program, and and pushing to get back. At as quickly as possible. But as you know, Chris Ballard, he's he's seen this before with an injured quarterback, and, and he doesn't want to repeat the mistakes of pushing uh, his, star, his franchise quarterback back from injury to suit. So this is what Chris Ballard had to say about Anthony Richardson and how his rehab is currently going.
0: That's good. Um, no, really happy about where he's at. Um, he started throwing. He's on a rehab program. We're not going to, like, I mean, I lived through the last one, okay? And I learned a lot of lessons living through the last one. So, you know, forgive me for being a little cautious, but, I, you know, and Anthony, I, mean, I know Anthony's made some statements that it's important to be ahead of schedule. Well, you know, that's, we're here to pull the reins to make sure we don't get too far ahead of schedule and we're staying with whatever the doctors are telling us. So, but he's in good shape. Um, he's throwing, he's got a good throwing program, got good people working with him. So I, I'm encouraged about where he's at and where he's going and, and we'll go from there.
2: And Drake, to me, when you, when you listen to that, and then just thinking back about all the questions asked about Andrew Luck and his rehab, it's just a completely different vibe to me, you know, and, and. And it just seems like the Colts have been on top of this from the very beginning. Of course, Anthony's going to push as hard as he can to get back, but it's the Colts job to make sure they protect him from himself. And I think that's what they're doing. Seems like Richardson is following what the doctors say. The Colts are being careful about this because why wouldn't you be considering it's the end of February? Uh, Richardson doesn't need to be back until, until the fall. So yeah. I, I think it's it's good news you know especially him saying we're very encouraged we're really happy those were the, the types of terms and the types of things we did not hear from chris ballard or from the Colts when Andrew luck was dealing with all those injuries
3: yeah and you know what Chris Ballard in that clip sounds like a guy who started his tenure as a general manager and had to watch his star quarterback sit out the entire first year mm-hmm. and then after he actually had him a full year and made the playoffs He retired because of bodily injuries. Okay, that's what Chris Ballard looked like to me as a guy who just does not want to repeat any of that. All right. So basically, regardless of how Richardson feels, they're going to go with the experts and they're going to tell they're going to tell Richardson, look, you were out for 13 games because of this shoulder injury. All right. Colts fans, this should be a slow recovery. It really should be. It should not be fast. You're talking about a guy who had the AC joint sprain, and then all of a sudden he's out for 13 games. Then he had to have reconstructed slash preventative surgery. That is also going to put some time on the on the recovery table. It, it's going to take more than just a clip of him throwing a football for him to get out there. Okay, and like you said, don't be surprised if it's not until you know July or, or, or August that, that he's out there. Don't be surprised if he doesn't really play in the preseason. Okay, it's going to be one of those kind of things where the NFL offseason is long as hell. And so is this type of recovery. So um, the only important thing here is that Anthony Richardson is back to square one. He's at full health because his entire career and the Colts future all hinges on that right shoulder getting better.
2: Yeah, and if I had to say, I, I would assume that we would see Anthony Richardson in spring workouts, you know I don't think it's going That's to fair. be it's going to take that long for him to get back but but again, you don't need to push him and to get him back within the next couple of weeks exactly. when the Colts offseason program really doesn't even start till the middle to end of April, so you've yeah. got plenty of time and the Colts are going to be smart about that. By the way, shout out to Anthony Richardson, I uh, saw on social media, he announced on social media uh, that him and his now fiancé who he also just got engaged to uh, are having a baby boy so congrats to Anthony Richardson joining the dad club soon with with Drake uh, uh and every all the other dads out there and hopefully I mean hey I'll be joining that club here uh, uh, before too long as well only a couple more months to go before baby Moore is uh, uh is into the world but but let's talk about when Anthony Richardson does come back Drake you know there's I mean he still didn't have much playing time there's got to be a plan in place for Anthony anthony richardson when he comes back and and continuing to adjust the offense to his style continuing to make sure that that he develops once he does get back because it's not like he's going to get back and the colts are getting a a top five top 10 quarterback anymore you know it's Mm going to still take some work to get there so but it doesn't seem again doesn't seem like the colts are 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 really concerned about this because of who they have at head coach and what he was able to prove in his first year. Here's Chris Ballard talking about Shane Steichen uh, and his plan for for when Anthony Richardson does return and is healthy to be QB1 once again.
0: I have a lot of faith in Shane and, and really the offensive staff. Like They do a really good job with playing to the strengths of what a player can do. Now, of course, the more snaps you get as a player, no matter what position you play in the league, but especially quarterback, the more snaps you get, the more you can put on their plate, the more experience they have, the more success they'll have. Um, will the menu be as big early in his, whether he had played all last year? I, I can't say yay or nay, because um, I leave that on the staff, but I do have a lot of confidence in them to whatever they think he does well, that's, that's what we'll do.
2: So when you, when you hear about all that and and you hear about again, what he does well, that's what we're going to do, you know? So this, this Colts offense is definitely going to look much different than it did at the end of last season. And when Gardner Minshew had taken over Drake, it's going to look more and more like what we saw in the first four to five games when Anthony Richardson was at the helm. And, and I think I think we're going to see that probably expand quicker uh, and and open up the playbook quicker because Anthony Richardson does have some experience under his belt. Uh, So it's not going to be like we're throwing a a, a green quarterback uh, into it. We're going to see the Colts, uh, I think, expand things faster and having Jonathan Taylor right there next to Anthony Richardson certainly opens things up as well. But Again, this offense is going to look different, and it's going to be, all again, all about surrounding Anthony Richardson with talent and making sure he's in the best position to succeed. It's all about Anthony Richardson.
3: Yeah, and look, it it really helps to have an offensive line like the Colts are going to have in 2024 that came back like they did in 2023. Like you said with Taylor, that's a huge help. If they do re-sign Zach Moss and the way that it looks like with the running back market right now, they might just be able to. That also helps. But then again, going back to Michael Pittman Jr., that's another reason that you don't let him go, okay? Because you don't want to deny Anthony Richardson somebody like that. So while it is very encouraging, you know, uh, everything around him and a guy like Shane Steichen and quarterback guys like now, Alex Tanney, a passing game coordinator, Cam Turner, Jim Bob Cooter, all those guys, Anthony Richardson still has only 17 starts, uh, between NFL and college career. So you still, we had this conversation last year. You're still going to have to give him time. Okay. Like you said, he's not a top 10 quarterback. He might be around the middle of the pack right now, as far as the rankings. So you, Don't crown him yet. Don't put too much pressure on him yet, Colts fans. You need to let him go out there and still make some mistakes because he's still pretty green. He's not super duper inexperienced anymore, but he is still that level of inexperienced where you know you don't want to, kind of like Ballard said, you don't just want to throw him out there and put the whole playbook on his plate. Let him do what he does well first. Then as he starts showing you more, starts adjusting to more things because defense is They've got at least a little bit of tape on him, especially the AFC South opponents. They're going to throw different things at him. Fully expect Amico Ryans to not uh, fall apart like he did the first time he saw Anthony Richardson, the only time he saw Anthony Richardson. There's going to be some changeups happening, which Steichen will be ready for. He's going to help Richardson adjust, but it's going to really help him. I, it cannot be stressed enough. Jonathan Taylor in the backfield, boy, oh, boy, still way better than Zach Moss. I know Moss did what he did you're talking about Jonathan Taylor who almost had 200 rushing yards in that week 18 game against the Texans. That's just going to help Anthony Richardson really hit the ground running and especially keeping Michael Pittman in a Colts uniform.
2: Shout out to Truett for the $5 super chat. Truett, you're always a, a loyal listener, buddy. We appreciate the hell out of you. Thank you so much for joining us again here tonight. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciate it, buddy. Uh, but yeah, Drake, I mean, and then going, going in kind of another direction. Here, you know, we've been talking all offseason about what Chris Ballard said. We want to get more explosive on 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 offense, and we want to eliminate the explosive plays on defense. Well, I, th- I mean, I think a lot of us, including ourselves, have talked about like adding players to be more explosive. But the Colts, part of the reason they're going to get more explosive, it just is just having Anthony Richardson back and healthy. And and Chris Ballard talked about that here.
0: Oh, I. I mean, he's explosive. He's explosive within himself. I think you all, I think we all saw that. Just even with the short span he was playing, he's explosive within himself. And so, look, the more good, reliable players that you can put around him, you know, the better. Number one, protect him. All right. Then number two, try to put the best players you can around him.
2: Here's a stat that will make StatsMap proud. The Colts were 10th in explosive plays before Anthony Richardson went down with that season-ending injury. So getting Anthony Richardson back, Drake, that alone is going to make this Colts offense much more explosive. You add another explosive talent on the offensive side of the ball, this Colts offense could look much different in 2024.
3: Not surprising to hear that stat at all. You got a guy who runs like Richardson that can freeze a defense. Then you've got a guy like Richardson who can throw the ball downfield the way that he does and really stretch defenses. He utilizes the tight ends in the middle seam. All of that makes perfect sense. And then you mix all of that in with Shane Steichen's philosophy of explosive plays. You just didn't have that with Gardner Minshew because it's not what he does well. Anthony Richardson is an explosive play waiting to happen every time he's got the football. And so that, that doesn't surprise me at all. And that's what the Colts need to get back to in 2024.
2: So what's next for this Colts team? Obviously, big question marks for the players uh, that are currently on the roster. Anthony Richardson's rehab, Michael Pittman's contract extension. But what's next, Drake? We're talking about free agency. And you already mentioned it. The Colts have the fifth or sixth most cap space in the NFL with $72.8 billion in cap space uh, after the $30 million uh, cap increase. Just an absurd. Amount so it definitely gives the Colts some flexibility, especially with Anthony Richardson being on that rookie deal. Gives the team some flexibility to go out and and possibly make some moves in free agency and and, and bring in some some bigger names or 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 bigger hand out bigger contracts to free agents, but in typical Chris Ballard fashion. Kind of was telling people, hey, cool your jets on all that. We're still going to be methodical with our process. And it also takes two to tango. This is what he said about free agency this year.
0: It's free agency. Everybody gets excited for that week and stamps a future Super Bowl winner off of that. And But what you're seeing is, all right, so you got free agency and you got the A-level players. Well, what happens with them? They get tagged. All right. So now you got the next level one that you end up paying a money. If there's one on the market that we think fits us, and he and look, it takes two sides here. I mean, there's times you'll make an offer, a big offer to a player, and you just don't get him. He goes somewhere else. That's that's part of it. Um, we'll be as aggressive as we need to be, and when we think we need to be.
2: So. I Drake, I don't honestly did not expect anything less from Chris Ballard with that with that answer. Uh, but I mean, just looking at the numbers, you know, uh, they're obviously re signing your your in-house guys is, is going to take a big chunk of that with Pittman, Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore, potentially Julian Blackburn, Rigoberto Sanchez. Uh all I can see all five of those guys being back with the Colts next year. But the Colts are still gonna have plenty of cap space to be able to make some moves. And and honestly, I it might not be going out and spending $30 million on on Mike Evans, but it might be two or three moves that are at the level of the Samson Ebucom signing. And if they work out like Samson Ebucom did for the Colts last year, I mean, sign me up.
3: Yeah, look, Samson Ebucom outplayed $9 million a year in my opinion. Okay, so that right there was a home run hit at a bargain price. Now, Ballard has in the past maybe not spent the money he should have OK, and, and everyone can criticize him for whatever reason they want. That's fair. It's it's almost always going to be fair if you're criticizing Chris Ballard for whatever you're criticizing him for. But um, the guy also did inherit a team that lost their star quarterback and kind of had to fumble around after that. So now he's got Richardson. He's got him on a rookie contract. He's got the head coach. He's got Jonathan Taylor signed. He's got the line. He's got the defensive front who you might add somebody to. Um, and he's and he's really just got to address on the defensive side, the secondary and safety depth. OK, so you do want to keep Grover, though. You want to keep Kenny Moore. You want to keep guys like Julian Blackman and Michael Pittman and even potentially, like you said, Roberto Sanchez or Zach Moss as a good complimentary piece or even Taquan Lewis, you know, who had a great. Uh, season pressuring quarterbacks so there's a lot of in-house guys that no one's talking about that are going to take up a chunk of that cap but like you said the Colts are also not necessarily in win now mode but they're more in we can afford to supply Anthony Richardson on the offense and Gus Bradley on the defense with potentially some younger end maybe higher priced guys but you're, you're I just don't see Chris Ballard like recently there was an NFL article it came out mocking uh, the, the Colts to sign Antoine Winfield. And, and it's like, that's just not going to happen. No way in hell is Chris Ballard going to pass up Julian Blackman, who's coming off of a career season for like, what, five to eight million a year to, to, to pay 18, 19 million to his safety, regardless right. of how good uh, Winfield is. He believes in the internal guys. He wants to grow within. And so um, I, I'm right there with you, though. They've got the money. They've got the important pieces of the future on rookie contracts and even going with guys like Downs, Juju Brents, all those guys. They're on rookie contracts. So the money's there. We'll see what he does with it. But people do not expect these these you know A-plus signings because Ballard doesn't do it, number one. But number two, like he said, those guys generally aren't available to sign anyway.
2: i I agree and and here's another thing too he talked about having to needing needing that that person or that player to want to come to Indy too, because sometimes you you do offer a big contract, and a lot of times, and the fans don't even get to see that. You know, they, they only uh-huh. see the 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 deal that the player agrees to. So That's right. uh, then there could be times where they do offer a guy a big contract, and he just doesn't come to Indy. You know, Matt Stafford,
3: dude, <laughs> Matt Stafford, close, yeah,
2: exactly. That one was a little bit different. They they had to. They were the, the Colts didn't want to uh, officially give up as as much draft capital to the to the line as That's the Rams did but I, I think when you have a young quarterback and a quarterback that that the league can see as electric see as as a guy that can that can play winning football and, and with Anthony Richardson you know I think that changes things because a lot of times especially over these past couple of seasons last year in particular I, I mean I had heard on multiple occasions where players were weren't necessarily sold on coming to the Colts Because the Colts quarterback situation wasn't figured out, you know, they didn't know who was going to be throwing them the football. So when, when that, that quarterback's not in place, of course, it's going to, going to give a a player some, some pause about wanting to come to Indy. Now the quarterback is in place, uh, free agents know that Anthony Richardson is going to be the one throwing them the football. And, and I think it just, it makes things a little bit different, especially with the wide receivers, you know, with, because, because you know, who's going to be throwing you the football in Anthony Richardson. And, and of course, Chris Ballard, again, has talked about adding explosive playmakers, uh, uh, whether it is through free agency or the draft, but here, here's where the nuggets take over guys. And, and the more that Chris Ballard talked, if I was a betting man, do not expect too many moves. I mean, you might add a veteran, but if he, the the big moves at the wide receiver position, they're going to end up coming in the draft. Why do you think I say that? Go ahead and listen to what Ballard said about this wide receiver class.
0: It's step, yeah, a lot of depth um, at every level as a matter of fact. No, it's really it's strong. It's a really strong class. Um and I think every year, I mean, I don't know if you see him as strong as this, but I compare it almost like when Pitt came. Out. I mean, that year was really good with, you know, and Jefferson and Ayuk and Pitt. Um, then the upper part of the draft, I mean, I think uh, CD Lamb was in that draft. I mean, it's a, it's comparable, you know.
2: And that was one of the best wide receiver classes we've ever seen. Yep. This one, Drake, I think it falls right in there. So, And, and the, w- the way he talked about it, that, that this wide receiver class has a lot of depth. I mean, you could see the Colts adding a wide receiver on on day one or two and then late in the rounds on day three, you know, adding multiple wide receivers, double dipping at the position just to ensure that they're not only adding a a guy that's going to be playing a lot on Sundays, but adding depth and adding competition to the back end of the wide receiver group.
3: Yeah, and you know, I mean, hell, I wrote a piece on this. I mean, I had Jamari Thrash from Louisville. I had Ricky Pearsall from Florida. And then I had who I hope to God they get is Malachi Corley, you know, from Western Kentucky. None of those guys are first rounders, maybe not even second rounders. Okay. But they could make an impact. Hello, everyone. Josh Downs, third round pick, number 79 overall. So it's, it's such an impressive class. I mean, even if you're talking about the guys that are probably out of reach, well, definitely are out of reach. Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Donzi, Malik, neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., who is actually right there in the Colts' reach. If they do go with a receiver in the first round, that's who they're going to pick more than likely. Okay. Unless one of those other aforementioned guys falls. But man, you're absolutely on the money. And so is Ballard. You don't have to even fret. You're still talking about Anthony Richardson, who I believe I, I don't have it in front of me, but the dude's like 21. Like, I mean, dude, this is still one of the youngest teams in the league. They're probably a top five youngest team still in the NFL. If you take every age and you divide it by however many guys are on the roster, I would challenge you that it's probably top five youngest. So you don't have to add a veteran presence. Like when they started adding guys like Frank Gore, Andre Johnson back in the luck era, that's because they were in win now mode. Okay, they, they wanted those guys there right then and there. Guys like Eric Ebron, too, they wanted to win right away. They're not in that right now. They're looking to the future. Remember when Jim say and the Colts first drafted Richardson, we drafted him for what he will become. Okay, like that's the whole team, too. That's why Steichen's on a six year freaking contract. They're not rushing anything right now. They know this is going to take some time, and they did way better than they thought they would, even with, with Richardson finishing with nine wins. So, I love what you said. If there's if there's, a, if there's a, a signing, expect it to be maybe a depth defensive front guy, maybe a depth uh, corner, maybe a depth wide receiver. Uh, but do not expect it to be um, like a high level starting wide receiver in free agency. Or maybe they sign somebody who's a veteran offensive lineman to challenge Blake Freeland as a as a swing tackle, something like that. That sounds way more like Chris Ballard than going out there and forking over all that money to a guy like Mike Evans boy when when those rumors were going around you and I and a lot of the local guys were just like all right we'll just wait for this to fizzle out and now the Bucc- buccaneers have officially announced that they would they're definitely planning on trying to retain Mike Mike, Mike Evans for the future so
2: right. Wyatt Law is saying that he loves Malachi Corley, day two must, so he's on that train with you, Drake. Uh, I think if you're looking for the Yak King, that's Malachi Corley for you, but I like what DSG Goodbar says here. He says uh, that's Ballard speak. when talking about the depth at wide receiver. That's Ballard speak for I'm going to find a good wide receiver in the later rounds, and of course he (laughs) is a DSG Goodbar. It's because with the number 15th pick, the Colts are taking Brock Bowers, so the they're going to get their guy early and they'll, they'll add some wide receiver depth late. That's, that's I'm already I just I'm telling you guys you don't even need to watch the draft. That's that's exactly what's going to happen. But I I think adding wide receiver help it's pretty much been confirmed, Drake, especially what what Ballard had to say when he was asked about the, the the top three guys in Pittman, Pierce, and Downs playing the majority of the snaps, it's the snaps last year and not having much depth behind those three at wide receiver. You know, he went into a really long answer about this. Obviously, getting Ashton Doolin back in 2024 will help, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be enough. So this is what Ballard said about continuing to add wide receiver help to this team.
0: Wait. I'll tell you one of the big, and I think I told you all after the season, like losing Doolin... I mean, and I did a, and I told y'all, I did a poor job, really, I mean, because we were kind of manufacturing that. You saw it with the practice squad moves up. Doolin was a huge loss. Um, I mean, just because he gives you so much, not only on special teams, but his ability to play inside and outside. If you have to start him for a stretch, he can do it. Um, So that was a, you know, that was a big, and it was kind of a freak. I mean, it was an ACL on grass in training camp, you know, a non-contact. So, it's a freak deal. I, I've got to do a better job of helping um, Reggie and the offensive staff and make sure we – nothing against the players we had in there playing. You know, we just – it was a rotation all year, and that is – that's hard. That makes it really hard on the coaches. I don't blame – I blame myself for that one.
2: So when you think back, Drake, you know, the Colts had their top three. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie was that fourth until uh, uh, the Colts – until he was suspended for the rest of the year. Uh, you talk about the other guys that would come up. It was Jawan Winfrey at times. It was DJ Montgomery at times, uh, uh, Amari Rogers. There wasn't a, a a solid number five wide receiver. It was like Ballard said, a constant rotation. and, and, we were critical of it at the time. Uh, we we said that the, while the Colts were comfortable, we didn't think that was the right way to go. And it looks like looking back on it, Ballard agrees. You know, he wants to have that number five, number six wide receiver in there, uh, just as solid depth pieces and not having to continually put in practice squad guys there because eventually it did hurt the Colts when Pittman went out and, and Montgomery had to come in, had some drops in there. They didn't have really many people to turn to so that's something that that obviously the Colts are wanting to address this offseason so again I think you can really expect to see both free agency and the draft some depth signings that wide receiver to try to really reinforce uh the end of that depth chart and and the end or uh, just just the the entire wide receiver group as a whole
3: yeah and hey to give everybody context okay uh, Amari Rogers Juwan Winfrey and DJ Montgomery okay and this is not top heavy at all together. They have 11 seasons of NFL experience and 35 total catches, right? That's who the Colts had behind Pittman downs and Pierce. And we even had Isaiah McKenzie on the show. Look, he was a great interview. Awesome guy. Whatever happened with the suspension, that's not for us to talk about, but he was not the answer. Okay, he just wasn't so and he was available the whole year. They did not feel like he was good enough to go out there and fill in for Ashton Doolin. They felt the need to bring up these practice squad guys. By the way, Amari Rogers is a return specialist. You go to pro football uh, reference, his first stats, even though he's a wide receiver, that pop up are absolutely not receptions. It's punt and kick returns. Okay, so they were really, truly scraping the bottom of the freaking barrel. All right. And with a first year head coach and with a tight end group that did not really have an undisputed number one and with a backup quarterback and with Jonathan Taylor out for part of the year. All right. So you you, I agree with Ballard. Actually, he does need to do better at, at supply at supplying more more guys for Reggie Wayne to help coach. All right. Now, Ashton Doolin, like you said, he's still not enough. All right. Ashton Doolin is more of a special teamer. He's more of a a deep threat, less of a slot guy, but like Ballard said, he can fill in when needed, but he's not going to make a massive impact unless you have, you know, somebody who just drops dimes in there. And Anthony Richardson is not there yet, all right, where he can make Ashton Doolin look fantastic, you know, like, you know, uh, I I don't know, Patrick Mahomes out there can make anybody look. So um, look for the Colts to potentially do last uh, this year what they did last year with cornerback. I wouldn't be surprised if you see them double dip. Maybe a guy in day two, maybe a guy in day three. That's how deep this wide receiver class is. It's very deep, and the Colts can still get talent without wasting a first-round pick on it.
2: Yeah, you can find talent throughout this this wide receiver class. Oh, so yeah. it's it's going to be very interesting to see how this all plays out, you know, obviously at the top of the draft but also at the end of the draft, what guys do they target, you know? Is there a guy that you want another quick-win wide receiver uh with with Josh Downs? Uh do you are you looking for more deep threats, more possession wide receivers, you know? And, and how do they all complement the 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 four that are locks to make it with with Pittman, Pierce, Downs and and Doolin, you know? How is this all going to complement one another? But regardless, again, and this is why I keep saying it, guys, because the the, the evidence and the proof is right there. You, you, we could talk all we want about other positions, other needs, but it's still all about Anthony Richardson putting him in the best position to succeed, getting the weapons around him, making sure you secure Michael Pittman, making sure Anthony Richardson doesn't have a setback in his rehab and he does everything correctly. The first time making sure you have plenty of wide receivers, explosive threats, guys that are going to be reliable for Anthony Richardson to put him in the best position to succeed and to allow him to reach his full potential because Guys, it's not out of the question that we could see a C.J. Stroud-type year out of Anthony Richardson next year because, honestly, him and C.J. Stroud, we're neck and neck when when Richardson went down with that injury. So you could see something like that where by the end of 2024, if all goes well, you're talking about Anthony Richardson potentially being a top 10 quarterback. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but the potential is there. And if everything goes right, the Colts do their job this offseason. And if Richardson could stay healthy, it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility.
3: Yeah, you know, four games, and then you have to stop and reset. You know, so the expectations kind of went high and then they dropped a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see where he's at in week one. But um, it, it, I I fully trust what Shane Stiken doing, especially after what he did with what he had. Um, but uh, real quick, I did want to highlight what. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Wyatt Law mentioning the the rookies that ended up on IR or that ended up with injuries, whether it be for the season or midseason that finish their season you're talking about anthony richardson all right you're talking about daniel scott at safety all right you're talking about evan hall people forgot about evan hall right he right now is the best receiving back on the colts period okay then you've got um you've got titus leo who we didn't even get to really see what he could have done and then you've got jake witt who is more of a project seventh rounder but look at what they've done with will fries okay jake witt Maybe if he gets back to uh, to square one from that injury, he's athletic, just like Blake Freeland. He could potentially push him for that swing tackle spot. Who knows? I think it was just so many of those 12 picks got hurt or didn't even get to s- take a single snap uh, outside of maybe Anthony Richardson, who played four games and then Evan Hall, who played one. I think he had like one rush. Okay. And, and a catch against the Jaguars. So that is going to be interesting to see those guys back healthy, but it's also just going to be interesting to see the way that the Colts take on this draft because last year all we were talking about was, was quarterback, and then we had no idea what they were going to do. Well, now we truly <laughs> like, don't know what they're going to do because first round could be anything from cornerback to wide receiver to edge rusher. Or, you know, if if the heavens align and the planets align with the heavens and the whole solar system aligns, Brock Bowers. It's going so to happen. It's going to happen. If, accept if it. that happens, holy cow, man, just wait to see what Shane Steichen does with number 19. If he can actually, if, if it actually happens, which me and Andrew, uh, we believe it. And the more that you hear, it seems like it could happen. So it's just going to be an awesome draft. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for the NFL draft this year.
2: So Chris Ballard definitely left some nuggets, as you guys can see. I think the next time we will hear from Ballard is right before the NFL draft. And in that press conference, he tells you nothing. Okay, I will. I'll be honest about it. (laughs) Leading up, there's nuggets. But the press conference before the draft, you won't hear a damn thing from Chris Ballard. All of it is useless. All of it is is coach speak. We'll see uh, a lot of we'll see's this is the time where you get those nuggets not right before the draft but we'll still talk about it when it does happen drake (laughs) let's talk about uh the latest colts news and rumors now and guys i'm going to go on another rant here Uh, um get on my soapbox i see a lot of people on social media saying the colts met with this guy or player x had an informal or formal meeting with the colts telling you guys right now it doesn't matter Who cares? It's for, honestly, it's for people to get engagement on social media, but players end up meeting with every single team. Uh, what's important is when you're talking about the top 30 visits, those are the things that, that actually have some, uh, some weight, but whether a guy meets with the team or doesn't, it doesn't matter because they all meet with the teams anyway. So it's, it's really, it really is just kind of, extra smoke or, or people just, just trying to do, uh, uh, it, trying to get engagement on social media. But as Drake and I are going to talk about, this is actually important news because the it was, it did come out that the first, uh, top 30 visit for the Colts, uh, uh, was released and that will be TCU safety, Mark Perry. So, so Mark Perry is a guy that, that, a couple years ago when, when TCU all made it to the national championship, had a really good season. Drake last year kind of fell off the map. So again, it's, it's the Colts kind of may possibly looking in, working him out, uh, uh, wanting to see uh, what he's doing. But, but as we, but I, I think as we kind of assumed, this was probably not going to be the last safety the Colts host on a top 30 visit, and, and safety is a priority for the Colts. Uh, uh, probably not, not only in the draft, but but we'll see in free agency as well.
3: Yeah, and look, Daniel Scott, I, I still think he's got some upside, but he also played a lot of special teams in college, which the Colts love, and he's probably, in all honesty, more of a depth piece. They're looking for somebody that can push a guy like Nick Cross push a guy like Rodney Thomas I still fully expect them to re-sign Julian Blackman because it's going to be dirt cheap compared to a guy like Antoine Winfield and he's coming off of a great season but you know you look at Mark Perry here and you know he he started in Colorado transferred over to TCU right. really took off and he did better now obviously like, like you said last season he had kind of that drop off but he would be another good depth piece but like you also said Don't be surprised. The Colts will absolutely be meeting with more safeties because they do not want that to be a problem again. They're going to do everything possible to shore up the secondary, not just with the safeties, free safety and strong, but also with the cornerbacks as well with that depth issue.
2: Stats Matt's giving me crap saying I'm ruining all the fun. Buddy, listen, you know me. (laughs) You know I keep it. I keep it straight. Listen, when Stats Matt and I first – met or first became acquainted, that's when Brandon and I were doing the educated fan podcast. That's still part of me. I'm still out here trying to educate the fans on what what, what is really important and what really matters. Stats, Matt, you know that uh, better than anyone. Want to give a <laughs> shout out to to Joe Denham here. Uh, uh, really appreciate the two dollar super chat, buddy. Appreciate the support. Uh, and I think he means Kyle as uh, Ky- Kyle Duggar, not Kylie yeah. Duggar. <laughs> Kyle <laughs> Duggar signing at safety would be awesome I, i'm not exactly sure what what it would cost for for kyle duggar but hey it would certainly i think be an upgrade certainly boost uh, uh the uh the, the colt safety group and and depending on how his how his market is honestly it could it could be it wouldn't be as, as much as Antoine Winfield, but as Patrick is saying right here, uh, he thinks that Duggar is getting franchise tagged. Uh, Not sure if that has been confirmed. If it is definitely, definitely let me know. Uh, But, but Drake, if, if not, what do you think about Kyle Duggar uh, uh, and and the Colts, that combination?
3: I mean, Kyle Duggar is an absolutely fantastic, uh, strong safety. Now I, I still think Julian Blackman is the strong safety. However, however, in a world if they don't re-sign him and they think that they need a top-level guy to replace him, I think that this signing makes more sense than Antoine Winfield because it's a little bit cheaper. spotrack actually has him about two million dollars cheaper on a market value, which Antoine Winfield's about 18.4 million a year. He's about 16.5 million. So uh, while it would be great, while it would be an awesome impact signing, you're also talking about a guy who's almost 28 years old. So you're looking at probably signing him to a three-year deal, and he's going to surpass 30 years old. I think the Colts are looking more internal. I think they want to keep a guy like Blackman, and I think that they would want somebody uh, a little bit younger. But, hey, Joe, appreciate your super chat, and I, I also appreciate you bringing that up because, look, impact signings are still a thing they still can happen but kind of like Patrick said if anything I fully expect the Patriots especially with uh, Gerard Mayo taking over the team I don't think you want to let a defender like that of that caliber just go out onto the free market
2: especially with how important he is to the locker room as well Oh yeah thank you so much for the super chat buddy we really appreciate all of your support Uh, Drake the last thing we're going to talk about tonight is uh, something that came out yesterday that is is kind of one of the more important surveys that the NFL players do. And that's the NFL PA survey kind of of them rating their own teams. And unfortunately for the Colts, the ratings left left quite a bit to be desired. So overall, in this survey, the Colts ranked 22nd out of 32 teams in the uh, with with the appropriate grades. And I'm going to throw the grades up on the screen here as well. Uh, let's get that banner out of the way first. But as far as treatment of families, the Colts got a D, food and cafeteria, a C, nutritionist uh, slash dietitians got a B minus, the locker room a B training room, a B minus, training staff, B minus, weight room, C, strength coaches, C, team travel, D, head coach was the highest grade at an A minus. So Drake, it looks like according to all of these, uh, uh, these grades that were given out, uh, again, by the Colts players, uh, they've got some work to do in, in a lot of these areas, especially in team travel and the treatment of families.
3: Yeah, and, and also it looks like the weight room and strength coaches, which I, I, if I'm not mistaken, was that not Rusty Jones? Correct. Yeah. So, hey, you've got a new, you've got, I think it's Mike Minich. Uh, yeah, menace, I think, menace, menace. Yeah. So you've got a new strength and conditioning coach. So hopefully, weight room and strength uh, coaches improves. But I, I can't recall what the grades were. But I'm pretty sure I wrote this piece last year, and it was better coming off of a very, very weird season. So uh, you, you want your players to be happy, right? Especially with treatment of families and travel, because you travel a lot in the NFL, uh, especially during the regular season. So hopefully these numbers can improve. And, uh, you know, I maybe it's a piece, a piece contributed to, to Jim Jimmer's health, and maybe he wasn't as involved. They kept a lot of that tight-lipped. Um, but, hey, you know what? Silver lining, Shane Steichen,
2: He's killing it. <laughs> he, he was one of the higher. You know, it says ranked 18th, but a lot of a lot of coaches received A's and A minuses, so he's yeah. he's tied up there. Uh, but but it is it is a good grade, and and I think the Colts will will invest into their facilities. It's going to be interesting to see how how things change with the the nutrition uh, uh, and then and the training staff with with having the director of sports performance, uh, Mike Minnis, come over from the Philadelphia Eagles, because when you look at all the categories that Minnis would have been involved in with the Eagles, they were all graded pretty highly. So uh, that's definitely something that I'm going to keep track of uh, year to year to see if that change uh, has an impact. Uh, but but yeah, it does seem like the Colts have some work to do uh, behind the scenes, at least. Uh, and then I know one of the biggest things of stats, Matt, again, beat me to it. Uh, uh, the, the, the treatment of families, Drake, when you talk about that, uh, a lot of that is the Colts don't have a, a game day daycare. Uh, for for the players, so that, I think that's that's something that could very easily be added within within Lucas Oil Stadium, and and that that would help tremendously get that grade up. So, like I said, Colts definitely have some work to uh, to do in this area, uh, but it could be a lot worse. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, as far as owner ranking is concerned, even though they won the Super Bowl, their owner got ranked like. 32nd out of 32 teams. So, uh, could be
3: David Tepper, behind oh, David man. Tepper, what? behind David Tepper. So, possible.
2: right, exactly. But, but yeah, Drake, I mean, obviously, we heard from Chris Bauer. Shane Steichen forgot to mention this, did not speak, uh, uh, because he was under the weather this week. We'll probably hear from Shane Steichen, uh, potentially next week. Uh, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a, another good press conference from, from Chris Bauer just to kind of hear about. Where things stand with Michael Pittman and Anthony Richardson, and of course, I love to hear those little nuggets, and it definitely gives an insight and in what to the what the Colts are thinking uh, right before free agency and, and into the NFL draft.
3: Yeah, and look, they, there's still a lot of work to do. There's still a lot of things yet to happen. You still have to finish the combine. You still have the uh, free agency and the draft. But this is still a young team. Everybody, give them. You still have to give them time. You still have to give guys like Anthony Richardson and even Shane Steichen a little bit more time. Before you get that finished product, but boy oh boy, if they draft correctly and they sign the right guys for the right price and keep some of that money left over to get the right guys re-signed, this could be a competitive team that could push the Houston Texans because right now Jacksonville looks like they they're not as as intimidating as they they were previously, uh, you know, uh, reported out to be. And then the Tennessee Titans might even be in complete rebuild mode at this point.
2: I agree so that's our show for today guys really appreciate everyone tuning in and and talking about Chris Ballard and the Colts tonight I want to give a shout out to our super chats Truett and Joe thank you so much for your support as well as everyone else uh, that joined us here this evening please if you haven't done so go follow us on all of our socials like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel hit that bell so you know when Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night and for special breaking news episodes. So you never miss an episode. And then if you can't catch us live or on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, are on there as well. So make sure you subscribe, give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you. Also forgot to mention earlier, make sure you go order the Indie Draft Guide. You know, Pre-order that baby. Over 225 prospect write-ups, different features, uh, links to the Colts, whether they fit with the Colts. Make sure you go and get yours today. It's what Drake and I are going to be using and what I, I've been helping work on with Zach Hicks and others uh, to get you guys the best draft guide for the Indianapolis Colts. If you use the link in the description and the code DraftMiss, you'll get a dollar off and you'll get it for just $9. So make sure you go do that. Go to that link and get your, and pre-order the Indy draft guide. Uh, Drake, I, I know that, uh, you've been writing away and, and getting ready to add some things, uh, onto the site. Oh, Patrick did it again right before we're going off and Patrick gives us the 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 five (laughs) dollar super chat cheers to you buddy uh yeah continue to send me those dms uh patrick and i've been talking watching the combine it's been a been a fun time discussing things always love talking uh colts football with you all uh so so patrick really really appreciate all the support buddy as always uh drake tell the people what you've got on the site and what could be coming on the site from you
3: so I've got uh, the the coaching staff was announced. I I do have um, from Kentley Platt, who actually created the Relative Athletic Score. He said something interesting about the Colts over the last decade and the type of player that they draft. So go check that out. And then I did have three non-first round defenders who could help the Colts in the NFL draft. Patrick, love what you said about uh, Braden Fisk. So
2: Braden Fisk, go check that's that out. The, Drake is the if I'm the conductor of the Brock Bowers train. Drake is the conductor of the branded. (laughs) We're we're, going to, we're going to make it happen, but uh, go, go check out those pieces for myself. Got an article up about what Chris Ballard talked about with Michael Pittman, Uh, more in-depth, more quotes, and, and just the kind of a full assessment of what's going on behind the scenes with those negotiations and what Chris Ballard's going to do about the wide receiver position. Also talked about Anthony Richardson and his rehab, and really what's going on there, uh, uh, down of what he's doing in Florida, how the Colts are handling it, and really what the overall theme is. We talked about putting and so uh, players around Anthony Richardson, surrounding him with talent. How are the Colts exactly going to do that? So I dive into those two two things with with a couple of my articles this week, and I'm also going to be writing up a piece on Brock Bowers. A, a shocker, I know, but but what he said at the combine uh, gives some insight into uh, his his interactions with the Colts so far, and and what he could really mean to this offense. So make sure to check that out as well as all the other fantastic writings on horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at D Walster Drake. You can follow me at Andrew more nfl and we'll be back monday night to recap the combine with you all and we've got a very special guest coming on to help us recap a guy that's down there and has been at the combine all week uh, so uh he's he's been on the show uh, hasn't been a guest on the show but he's been in the chat before. we'll we'll just say that. So uh, really excited to have him on uh, to recap the combine and get us all set before we dive into free agency. So everyone enjoy the combine this weekend, study up on those prospects, and we'll talk to you again Monday night.